1: But the price of gold has almost doubled the uh, rate of return of the stock market in that same time period. Why? Because they started printing money with Greenspan in 2000. They continue to Mm. print. And it looks as though gold right now is undervalued compared to how much money the Fed is actually printing.
0: Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker and I am your host today. And I'm excited to have on a guest who you have heard me talk about if you've listened to this show at all. If you've listened to this show, you know that one of our sponsors is Lear Capital. And today I have the opportunity to speak to the founder and chairman of Lear Capital, Kevin DeBarritt. And we'll get to that interview in just a second. Uh, Folks have asked me, why Lear Capital? Why are they one of the sponsors of your show? First of all, uh, because they came to us and wanted to sponsor the show, which we're very, very grateful for, of course, that allows us to continue to produce this content. Uh, But I try to be very, very careful and who it is that sponsors our show because when we talk about the things that we do we want to make sure that we are in partnership with those that we represent and uh, in this case lear capital the world is crazy i'm sure you understand that particularly our economic world Uh, inflation is nearly at record highs it's out of control interest rates continue to go up there's so much volatility in the markets. And with that volatility comes a lot of confusion. I'll tell you this, uh, I don't always feel bad about the confusion because it seems like even the professionals are confused. They don't know exactly what to do. But I know as a consumer and as someone who has a family and a home and I'm trying to take care of my personal finances as well as planning for my future and my retirement, This is a very confusing, very difficult time to, uh, to be alive and to figure these things out, which is why I am so grateful for our partnership and our relationship with Lear Capital. Uh, Lear, as you know, they help folks like you and like me understand how we can invest in precious metals, in gold and silver. But one of the things Lear does that I, I so appreciate, and we'll talk about this with Kevin in just a moment, is they provide resources for financial literacy. I think one of the reasons many of us live in fear of the volatility and fear of what our finances are going to look like in the future is because we just don't understand it. These are not things that we were taught in high school or in college. We're trying to feel our way through this. Lear produces some incredible resources that are available, and we'll talk about how to get those uh, later on in the show as well. But all of this, investing, understanding the markets begins with knowledge, begins with literacy. They produce those resources, but they also have some incredible resources that will help you, as they have me, understand how to invest. A lot of places that you can go. Kevin will talk about this later. I would encourage you to call 800 489 6450. That is 800 489 6450. And you can get their free precious metal investor guide and ask more about Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Again, this is something that I talk about with Kevin. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about this interview is that we specifically talk about Lear, of course, and investing, of course. Um, but I <laughs> ask a lot of questions just about the economy and understanding uh, what's going on. Before we started recording, uh, Kevin said, ask any question that you want. And I said, I've got so many, I don't understand it. And he said, there's a good reason for that because things are con- uh, things are out of control and things are very confusing. But appreciate Lear, appreciate what they do to support shows like ours. I would encourage you again, go and check them out. 800-489-6450. And you can start learning by listening to this great conversation with Kevin DeMerit, the founder and chairman of Leader Capital. There's an entire new economy being created right now, filled with patriotic companies that have had enough of cancel culture and the left. One you can support every day and all you have to do is get dressed. I'm talking about undertack boxers. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made, probably because they have literally been tested by special forces operators. They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking, so you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. UnderTack is durable, ultra-thin, and shrink-resistant. Here's the best part: they're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with the non-binary models. Get undertack.com. That's getundertack.com. off site-wide with the offer code, but only with the offer code SITREP20. SITREP20. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. This is a very timely conversation, so thank you for coming on.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate it.
0: Um, man, there is so much going on in the world right now, and particularly in the financial world, a lot to understand, uh, before we get there though, I I would love for you to take just a minute and talk about your background personally, how you got into finance and how you got to the place where eventually you founded Lear Capital and, um, really now spend your days, I think, helping other people understand the best ways to invest and and how to deal with markets like this.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Went to, uh, college for, uh, finance and economics, um, got out, made it through, (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, I got a job in Beverly Hills at an international banking company where we established banks for international large, mostly import exportation companies. And one of the key parts about establishing a bank is you have to capitalize it, but we were Mm. in different countries, so we always had a difficulty with currency fluctuations. And we started researching gold as a way to possibly uh, capitalize some part of the bank so that we could hedge those currency fluctuations um, with with gold as opposed to the currency and make our lives easier. And through that research, I really became uh, extremely interested in the precious metals market as a way for people to have stability in their portfolio, something tangible and real. Um, and then, you know, the benefits of the appreciation and, and profit uh, along with it as well. So. Started Lear Capital in 1997, and uh, we've had a, a great run, one of the largest uh, companies in the industry now.
0: You um, are a sponsor of this show, which is uh, which is awesome, and uh, very grateful for the partnership that we have with you. But Lear Capital also uh, is the sponsor of several shows, particularly on the Sale Network and other kind of more conservative-leaning shows. Sure. Um, is that a decision that you made that was simply a business decision? Do you... T- Do you lean personally more conservative? And I only ask that question, it's only important to this conversation, because as we look at markets, as we look at what's happening in the markets, um, there are very different views of that. Do you view that from a more conservative perspective or or how do you view that and and why, I guess, would be my my real question?
1: Yeah, um, we are on more conservative type of stations, Fox News, Salem, things like that. Um, One, because that's where the customers are. Uh, right. You know, you, right. you do your marketing and the marketing tells you where your your people are.
0: Yeah. When
1: I look at markets, I try not to get too emotional. Um, you know, you get emotional about markets or try mm, to have some plan towards markets and it can go horribly, horribly wrong. Right. So I try to look at those <laughs> without good. a political view, without any kind of view at yeah. all uh, and try to um, do the research from an unbiased standpoint, really.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think that's probably what's missing in uh, so much of our cultural conversation right now is looking at things unemotionally. Everything seems to be so emotional and people are so fired up about everything. You can't have a real conversation. Um, Talk to us about the markets right now. Uh, Just broadly, the Fed raised the interest rate again this week. It looks like they'll probably do that again next week or or next month, rather. Um, Inflation is at near historic highs. Uh, can you give us maybe a, a high-level primer on inflation and what we should be concerned about? I, I listen to what's happening in the financial news, and I'm concerned <laughs> and almost almost emotional, um, right. but I don't know why, and I don't know what I'm supposed to feel or where I'm even supposed to be looking.
1: Well, it's really understandable because the Fed first came out and said inflation was going to be transitory. Obviously, yeah. that what? did that is not the case. Uh, have changed their minds and say, now we've got to battle this thing. And what people I think believe or need to understand is if you go back to the last time inflation was this high, which is all the way back to 1978, they were raising interest rates. And in the news, they were talking about: hey, inflation looks like you know it should come down very soon. They'd they'd raise interest rates substantially up to 1978 from 1974 to 1978. And the news came out and said, hey, look, you know, we're going to get a decrease in inflation and possibly the Fed slowing down, an increase in interest rates. That is absolutely not what happened. The yeah. markets became more volatile. Uh, the interest rates doubled from you know, 7% to 15%, or a little more than doubled. Inflation went up to around 16%. And that was uh, to 1980. So from 1978 yeah. to 1980, all of that happened when people wow. thought it was going to come down. The investment that people looked for for some safety at the time was gold and silver. So from 1978 to 1980, the price of gold and silver also doubled. So it gave you a little bit of an offset of the inflation yes. impact and the volatility in the markets. So it's extremely un- or very understandable why people are concerned at this particular point, because it's very hard to believe anything in the news and where inflation is going and how high interest rates are really going to get.
0: What is um, – what's the reason that gold and silver hedge against that? Um, again, these are hard things, I think, to understand. I, I was having a, a kitchen table discussion with uh, some folks at a birthday party a couple weeks ago about precious metals and gold and silver. And we had just started our relationship with Lear, and I was talking about some of the literature, some of the things that I had read yeah. from your company and in talking to your team. And we were going kind of round and round on that. And I, I think it's hard to, to understand why – Gold and silver serve as that hedge against inflation. How does that work? How, do, how are those things even valued in, in that they make a good investment at a time like right now?
1: Sure. That's a great question. Um, so from the beginning of the United States up until 2008, we had $8 trillion in debt. We have $31 trillion now. <laughs> so in the past 14 years, we've added on, uh, what, $23, $24 trillion worth of debt. Incredible absolutely incredible. The definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. Right. And when you print up that amount of money, you're creating demand for physical real items, and precious metals are one of those. So, when you have more money chasing a fixed supply and they can only pull out about 2% of the the actual gold supply out of the ground each year, so it's basically fixed, you're going to get much higher gold prices and to Really, kind of put a point on that. In 2000, if you would have purchased an ounce of gold, that ounce of gold has actually outperformed the stock market. Well, the stock market's actually still fairly high sure. uh, since 2000, but the price of gold has almost doubled the uh, rate of return of the stock market in that same time period. Why? Because they started printing money with Greenspan in 2000, they continue to mm. print, and it looks as though gold right now is undervalued compared to how much money the Fed is actually printing.
0: You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, And believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, and is now just $39.98 with the promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code SITREP. So one of the questions that I've had in my mind, when I think of gold and silver, um, I think of holding these tangible resources, which you just talked about, and how important it is to have things that are real, things that I can hang on to. My question then becomes, at what point, or at, at such a time as I want to cash those in, so to speak, or use those to increase my personal cash flow, um, what do I do with it? This is a question that I've been asked, and, and I've, I've had this conversation with people. When the end of the world comes and the economy crashes and I have a, a pile of gold in my safe, what do I do with it? How does that work?
1: Well, in an ultimate barter type situation, you'd have to go all the way back 5,000 years when people started using gold as money and, and they were purchasing mm-hmm. items with that gold. In a barter-type situation, yep. one physical thing for another. Um, in a situation where you have a, a, a Great Depression, like we saw in the 1920s, sure. then you could send the gold back to us, and we would send you cash for it. But you're just basically an extension of our inventory at that particular time. If right. you want to sell some part of it, you know, sell off some ounces of silver, sell off some ounces of gold, we'll give you the cash that then you can use at that particular time to go buy what mm. you need, and then the next month or the next quarter, if you wanted to do it again and again, you know, that's what you're going to do, which would be different than holding the paper money that's losing value at right. the current rate of 8% Correct. per year. So your 100000 at the end of the year is going to be worth, you know, $92 yeah. as opposed to $100. Um,
0: there are companies that will sell certificates instead of, you know, the physical gold and silver. Uh, can you break that down a little bit and the difference between the two? Obviously, there's a an obvious difference, but why, why one is better than the other.
1: Yeah. If you're holding that physical piece of gold, that is yours. Um, when you're holding a bearer instrument, like a exchange traded fund or a certificate or yep. something like that, that's somebody else's. Now I have this third party risk. How do I know the gold is backing uh, that certificate in an exchange traded fund? You've got about 80% of gold, physical gold backing that exchange traded uh, share And the rest of the 20% is basically a hedge or a futures contract that's going to make up the difference. But if I told you, hey, uh, Jeremy, why don't you put $1,000 in gold today? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to package it up, and I'm going to send it over to HSBC Bank in Europe. And that's where it's going to be held. You kind of look at me for a second Mm -hmm. and say, why would I want to do that? That's what you're doing if you have a certificate or... Uh, GLD, the the biggest exchange-traded fund in the world, the the metals are held at HSBC Bank over in Europe. In a crisis, do you really want your gold held over in a different country and have the third-party risk that that that, uh, money manager is going to do the right thing and make sure that it's backed as close to the 100% of gold as possible?
0: I think when uh, a lot of people look at investment, um, I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, when I look at investment, I think When I get to these certain benchmarks personally, then I can get into gold and silver. I can get into these other areas. Um, And and I I tend to think of this type of investment as in I need to have a certain amount of wealth before I'm able to diversify into precious metals. Um, How do you think about that or how do you talk about that with your clients?
1: Yeah, another great question. You know, you look at an investment pyramid. Right. And at the top of the pyramid is your most risky investment. And the foundation of that pyramid is your more conservative type investments. Hmm. So in my opinion, the thinking is just a little bit backwards. Yeah, that makes sense. The base of that pyramid needs to be built with your most conservative and stable type investments. And you build from there and then your risky investment is at the top. Gold and silver should be a part of your diversification strategy near the bottom of that pyramid.
0: Yeah. I, it, and it is backwards from, I think, what most people think. Certainly me, I think, well, <laughs> eventually I'll have the money to do that. But you're right. Have the thing that is not going to shift with the winds of the market. And um, um, then you'll have that that you can build the rest on. Um, how do you think about or talk about the connection between silver and gold and things like a 401k? Um, I know that you have a way of or Lear has a way of converting those. Can you talk about that for a minute? Because I think that's important to understand as well.
1: Yeah, sure. I think sometimes people forget about their 401k or IRA yeah. when they're talking about diversification, especially in physical metals, because how the heck do you do that? Um, we have the capability and are authorized to be able to place physical precious metals into an IRA account. And basically, you have an IRA account, uh, we would need to transfer a portion of that IRA account to a self-directed IRA. We work with Equity Trust, one of the largest uh, companies in the country for this. And then we would place that physical gold in the depository uh, with Equity Trust. And now you have your physical gold and you can basically trade it like a stock. Give us a phone call anytime we will we can buy and sell within that IRA uh, for you.
0: Um- I say later in life. I'm 46. I should have started investing, you know, a long time ago, and I didn't. Uh, it's funny. My son just, uh, just in the last couple of months, got a job with our local government. And uh, that was, that was like the conversation I had with him, like sit him down, and like, okay, you yeah, have this is an incredible opportunity. Start investing now. I should have done that. He didn't. Um, I had kids instead, which, you know, it's an investment, but not the same kind of investment. Yeah. Um, what do you do with folks who are, you know, I've, solidly middle-aged, but some who are a little bit older, who are uh, looking at the market right now, and they're thinking, maybe I should have invested in this 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but here I am. Is it too late to jump in? Um, uh, again, how do you think about that, or how should people think about that?
1: Well, for as an overall investment strategy, the best time to start is today, right? I mean, any time you can start investing, yeah. the sooner the better, but You know, because of the compounding, but start today and think about the diversification and think about that pyramid. Where am I going to start? I think that's sometimes the most confusing part is where am I going to start? And just pick the diversification strategy that you feel comfortable with. There's financial planners out there um, that can help, you know, people, or just crack open a few books and start learning about. The beginnings of investing, and then start accumulating again. That bottom of the pyramid investment, so that that's your stable part of your investment. That's what you want. That's what you can count on. And then the rest of it, you can start building up from there. But I have we have customers that are fifty five years old and sixty years old that really just didn't put a bunch of money away that are starting now and diversifying into the markets. And you got to start right. I mean, you got to retirement and social security, I don't even know is going to be there yeah. or not. So we, we have to start accumulating for retirement as soon as possible.
0: When you think about a retirement, um, you know, strategy that everyone should be looking at, um, obviously, because of what you do, gold and silver is a part of that. Um, but strategically, how do you see that breaking down? If someone said, okay, I want to, you know, my son, he's 22 years old. Um, I want to start putting money in the right places. Is there a percentage you put into silver and gold, a percentage you should drop into your 401k, some money you should have liquid in a savings account? Uh, how do you build that strategy for people who are, are looking to be, in the best way they can, hedged against whatever may happen in the, in the markets in the future?
1: Yeah. Uh, usually we recommend 15 to 20% of someone's portfolio in precious metals. The only time those numbers really start to change is when you become you know 65, 70 years old and you're 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 mm. actually yep. going to retire. Yeah. We might drop that down to 10%. And the reason that we drop that down is because gold and silver do not produce an income. And most of the time in retirement, you want to start moving toward mm. income-producing investments so you can live a great retirement. Yep. So we'll lower our percentages. Uh, that should go into the income-producing investments. And now you have that precious metal. So if the stock market or your income-producing investment falls you've got that stable investment to be able to sell and make it through that you know, uh, volatile period in your other types of investments.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, one of the interesting things that's happened uh, globally, and I think what's happening in Ukraine with Russia has highlighted some of this, and certainly the relationship to China and some of these countries that have bought incredible, massive amounts of gold, uh, the United States not being one of the... <laughs> What's what's happening that the these these countries understand the value of it? And why is the United States that at one time was on a gold standard? um, Why are we not investing the same way in precious metals?
1: Well, the United States actually has one of the largest um, gold reserves, but you're right. It hasn't been growing. Uh, China exceeded our reserves um, a couple of years ago. Uh, So they've been accumulating tremendously. Russia's been accumulating it tremendously and you know, you, br- you brought that up and I just had a market watch hmm. article today and it said central banks are quietly buying gold at the fastest pace. in Oh, 55 interesting. Years. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So wow. uh, if you think about what a central bank can do, I can print up money out of thin air and then replace my printed up money with physical something. And that physical something that central banks hmm. have been holding since the beginning of the time is gold. So if I could print up paper dollars yeah. in my garage and then walk out and get a physical asset and replace that in the safe, I would do it. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing yeah. because they know the currencies are falling in value. They've printed too much.
0: That's fascinating. Um it's it's really interesting to watch what governments do and then listen to what governments tell the citizens of those countries to do. And it's not often the same thing. Um it's crazy. Um, Gold has remained relatively flat over the last couple of years, um, you know, in value. Uh, Do you predict that, you know, some will say, well, it's exponentially going to grow over the next couple of years. Inflation is going to drive it to prices that we've never seen before. Um, Is that what someone can anticipate? I know you don't have a crystal ball. You can't predict it, but you've been involved in this for a long time. What do you see happening with gold and silver?
1: Yeah, you know, I look at gold and silver over a longer period of time. Like I said, if you if you start in right, 2000 sure. and look at what the precious metals market has done, it's outproduced the stock market. People are shocked to hear that because their brokers or their stockbroker really, you know, doesn't talk about yeah, precious metals. Yeah. The precious metals market has been flat. Um, I believe right now it's extremely undervalued because the dollar is very, very strong. So for investors today, taking a dollar that looks very strong mm-hmm. compared to international currencies right. and be able to right. take that strong dollar that's up 25, 30% against currencies, different currencies over the past uh, you know, year and move it into gold that's a little bit lower than where it's been trading. It's around $1,650 today. It was as high as 2000. I think it's a tremendous opportunity and extremely undervalued. So you're just swapping kind of high value dollars at today's rate for low valued gold which is exactly what the central banks are doing. Right. So usually if you follow their move, it's, it's not a bad move to make.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, let's talk uh, specifically about Lear and um, so much literature. And, and one of the things I appreciate about your company is that you, pro- you, you provide not only information about what Lear can do for you, but just general uh, financial wellness information and how we can understand markets and um, just helpful information um, but you have programs that you offer to people and uh, specific paths that you offer to people who perhaps are trying to get into the market for the first time uh, with gold and silver. Can you talk about some of the things that Lear is doing and some of the ways that you help people kind of onboard into this very confusing uh, area of financial investment?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, the first thing that we try to uh, talk about with people is just education in general. Yeah. I want people to understand about precious metals, yeah. how it's performed, the volatility that you can expect, you know, a history of the precious metals market so that it's that you begin and say, okay, that's something i'm I'm interested yeah. in From there, then we can help you out um, a little bit further. The other thing we do is we try to help people understand you know, what is really happening in the economy? Don't look at it every day when you wake up and look at the news and get scared because they raise interest (laughs) rates or they're lowering interest rates. I feel like you're talking to me right now. You're talking to me right now. (laughs) Yeah, a, a lot of people.
0: It's over a
1: period of time, what do you expect to happen? When you print up this much money, you could have anticipated inflation. It's inflation's definition is very easy. Too much money chasing too few goods. You Printed up $23 trillion in a very short period of time, you're going to get inflation. We want to kind of explain some of that so people understand, oh, over the next three to five years or seven years, here's what we can expect, which is much easier to predict than what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. So right now with inflation, you want to understand that. You want to understand what higher interest rates are possibly going to do to your portfolio So we have those types of reports. Matter of fact, we have a report, uh, inflation, the tax you didn't know you were going to pay. And in that, it'll help kind of talk about inflation, what to expect and what to expect with with, uh, interest rates. And that'll help you make some decisions about not only, you know, precious metals, but maybe other parts of your investment uh, portfolio as well.
0: That's really good. Uh, Why do you think this completely kind of, well, it's not completely off topic, but a bit... Why do we not have financial literacy classes in high schools? And why aren't we teaching just basic financial, um, I don't know, understanding, literacy to, to young people coming up? I, again, I'm in my 40s, and I haven't cared more about this than I do right now. And that means, you know, in my late 30s, getting books and trying to figure it out and understand it. Why don't we spend more time helping people understand this before they get into trouble?
1: You know, I think the uh, investment industry makes a lot of money with fees yeah. um, that that because you don't understand, yeah. you feel like there's somebody out there with a crystal ball that <laughs> I need to go to and, and yeah. put me in the right position. And there's no one with a crystal ball. Warren Buffett has said for years and years and years, you know, uh, just go buy an exchange traded fund with stocks instead of trying to pick stocks because most people don't make money, you know, doing that. I have no idea why somebody or the government hasn't come out and say, "Hey, look, we teach you how to brush your teeth right. and all sorts of other things <laughs> right. in school, but we don't teach you how right. to save money." Um, it, it should be top on the list, in my opinion, because, like I said here, we like to educate everybody about the markets before they invest, so that they they kind of understand what they're yep. you know getting into. Um, in school, if they did that, it would be extremely helpful because at least you have some basis right. that when you read that first book and start reading about income statements yep. and earnings per share and price earnings ratios and all those kinds of things It makes a little bit more sense uh, to help you get educated quicker.
0: I, uh, I remember the the first uh, house it was a condo that my wife and I bought. We were in our early 20s and I just, I, d- I had no idea how anything worked. They, the bank told me they'd get us a loan and we took it and it was a, an adjustable loan and we got caught in um, some of what happened in 2008. But even with things like Uh, taking out the equity in your house. I had no idea how any of that worked. It just, they were saying, and so I went. And um, the literacy part is so important. You guys do a great job of that. Where can people get some of the resources that you do provide for folks?
1: Yeah, we uh, created a a URL specific for uh, the situation report at learsituation.com. So L-E-A-R and then situation.com. People can go there and just request the information. It's absolutely free. That uh, uh, special report is in there, inflation, the tax you didn't know you were paying, is part of that, along with all of our uh, precious metals information and the IRA that you brought up. If someone's interested, there's also information about how to to work with an IRA. They can also give us a phone call at 1-800-489-6450, 1-800-489-6450. Same information. We get it out. There's absolutely no obligation. And then once you're educated, like we said, you know, give us a phone call and see if this is something that would be interesting.
0: That's awesome. And uh, we have shared that, of course, on every show and at the top of this show, they'll hear it again. So I appreciate that. Let's end with this question. The top three reasons. I feel like we're on a game show. Top three reasons why people should own gold right now.
1: You know, I think the top reason would have to be inflation. You know, like I said at the beginning of the show, inflation was where we are today. It doubled and the price of gold and silver doubled from 1978 to 1980. I don't know if we're going to get the inflation rate to double, but I think silver and gold at today's rates are undervalued compared to where inflation already is. Second reason, gold's never been worth zero in 5,000 years of history. The only investment you can really say that about um, and it's easy to buy and easy to sell, which, again, like your house situation, not so easy. Right. right. No, not easy at all. So uh, it's, a, it's a simple investment that really, as time has come, especially right now with the inflation rate, I think those are just your basic uh, best reasons to think about or uh, own some precious metals at this particular time.
0: That's Awesome. Kevin Demerit, really appreciate uh, our relationship with Lear and and, uh, your support, of course. But um, beyond that, just what you're doing to help people understand what they should do. So many scared folks. And a big part of that is the security that comes from knowing our finances either are right or not. And you guys help so many folks with that. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for your partnership. And uh, thanks for coming on and, and spending about 30 minutes with us today, breaking some of this down.
1: Yeah, Jeremy, you have great questions, and thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. sir.
0: appreciate that conversation with Kevin Demerit. Please go and check out the resources that were mentioned. You can follow the URL that was given as well, or, again, you can call that phone number, 800-489-6450, for more information, and uh, you will do yourself a favor if you do that. Uh, Again, they're not simply trying to sell a product. Uh, So many resources have been provided that are available to you, Absolutely free to help you understand what's going on in the markets. And that is a big, big deal. So go and check that out. Thank you for listening. And if you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, you need to be subscribed to the podcast. Uh, You can do that right now, whatever platform you're listening from. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If there's a place to leave us a rating or a comment, go ahead and do that. That helps us as well. And then take some time, share this content with others, you know, people who are struggling to understand what's going on just as much as you are. So share this out with them. That will be a help as well. Also go over to our YouTube channel and you can find the Situation Report channel there on YouTube. So you go to YouTube, search for The Situation Report, you'll find our channel, subscribe, Hit the notification bell and you can avail yourself of the vast archive of shows that we have there and great information really, again, designed to give you what you need to navigate a world and a culture that is changing so rapidly around us and uh, some great interviews that will be a help to you there. So please check that out. Really appreciate you once again for listening and or watching and we'll talk to you next time. Many of you know that my day job is working for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. I've had the opportunity to work with the Mighty Oaks Foundation for a little over 10 years now and very grateful for that opportunity. I served in the United States Marine Corps and left in 2003. When I came back from Iraq and got out of the Marine Corps, I transitioned and had some of the same struggles that many of our veterans today have. Uh, That transition time can be very, very difficult. I moved on with the help and support of my family and others in my close-knit community and really, in many ways, tried to walk away from my service. It was too hard, too difficult for me to look back, to remember, to stay connected, and so I chose not to. About 10 years after I walked away, I was reconnected with many of the men that I had served with uh, in Iraq and even before that Iraq deployment and came to understand that so many of the men that I served with did not do well. I came home and I struggled, but I had a family around me and I had a community around me that helped me to get back on my feet and continue moving forward. So many of those that I had served with, however, did not have the same opportunity. They came home and didn't have that family around them, that community that could lift them up. And so they made some decisions, decisions that we talk about often in the veteran community. I was reminded about 10 years after my service, That some of the men that I served with in Iraq came home and struggled and decided that it would be best for them to end their lives. Others who had not taken their lives, but who had struggled from one relationship to the next, from one job to another, and had never really gotten back on their feet. I learned after 10 years that walking away from my military service was not really an option. (laughs) You see, we think we can hang our uniform in the closet for the last time and walk away, but our obligation to those that we served with remains. It was at that time that I had the opportunity to get connected to the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It was just getting started. I met our founder, Chad Robichaud, and together we began to work on what is today a national nonprofit serving veterans, active duty service members, and more and more, the first responders in our community. That's what we do. You see, Chad served in the Marine Corps as well, and both of us have an understanding, and so many of the folks, many, many folks that work with us now who served in the military and in the first responder community understand that we may get out, we may hang the uniform up, but we still have an obligation to care for those who have served or are serving. That's exactly what we do at the Mighty Oaks Foundation every single day. We run programs across the country for those who have served veterans or are serving active duty service members, those who are serving in their community as first responders, police officers and firefighters and others in that first responder community. We serve them by helping them to understand that there is life beyond their service, that their identity should be wrapped up in more than a uniform or a job that they've done or are doing that there is a purpose, that there is a plan. In fact, that God the Creator has something He intends for them, and that if they'll simply align their lives to the life that He has for them, so much of the trauma, so much of the difficulties, so much of their past, so many of those things that have a hold on them, they may not go away, but they won't maintain the hold and the control. Here's the message we try to convey and communicate. There is hope, and there is a community of people found within the Mighty Oaks Foundation that understand where you've been because we've been there. We don't have it all figured out. We're certainly not perfect, but we've taken some steps to move forward, and we want to take you with us. That's what we do. How do we do that? Again, by communicating the fact that there is hope, by connecting with others who've been there and know how to move forward, and by getting around you and supporting you as you begin to take those very important steps yourself. The Mighty Oaks Foundation is blessed to have supporters across the country that make it possible for us to do the work that we do at no cost to the veteran, the active duty service member, or the first responder. For you to attend our program, you simply need to set aside five days and come to one of our locations, one of our facilities. We'll do the rest. There will be no cost to you for the program, no cost for the transportation to get you to the program. We do all the planning and all the logistics. You simply need to get there. We want to remove every obstacle for you to get the help, the encouragement, the strengthening, (laughs) the hope, the renewal that you need. We're thankful for the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you are not a veteran or a service member. You're not in the first responder community, but you care about those who have served and are serving our communities. Well, you may fall into the other category then. Perhaps you're someone that can support what we do financially to make it possible for those folks to come along. Maybe your support is not financial support, but you know someone in your community, in your town, in your church, uh, in a club or something else that you're a part of that could use this kind of support and encouragement. Plug them in. Let us help them. Let us get them on the road. No cost to them. We want to do the work, but we need you to get them to us. That was a lot of words. If you listen to the show, you know I say a lot of words sometimes. So let me point you to the one place where you can get all your questions answered. MightyOaksPrograms.org is our website. MightyOaksPrograms.org. There you will find more information about what we do as an organization, There's an application for those who would like to apply. Fill that application out. Our team will get back to you, set everything else up. If you would like to support the work of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, you'll find a place to do that there as well. And there is also a section for resources. So many of you know people who need help but may not start by coming to a program, attending a program, but they would read a book, they would watch a video, they would listen to a testimony. We have those resources there for you as well. So please come and join us at the Mighty Oaks Foundation's website, mightyoaksprograms.org. Our veterans, active duty members, and first responders need our support. Maybe you're in that category. You need our support. And that begins by going to the Mighty Oaks Program's website, mightyoaksprograms.org.